Welcome to another episode of What's Up With DJ, and my name is DJ. Each week, I bring you topics about current events, career development, holistic living, finance, and stories of inspiration and humor. So be sure to subscribe, like, comment, review the show on Apple Podcasts. Your comments are always encouraged and appreciated. And thank you for the ones who've already rated the show on Apple Podcasts and who left comments on Facebook and Instagram. I really appreciate it. And you can always get in contact with me at DJ at DJCareerCoach.com. And those uh, links will be in the show description. My guest this week is Howard Berg. Howard grew up in the gang-infested projects uh, in Brooklyn, New York. He had to overcome that environment to become the world's fastest reader. Genesis World Records recognized Howard for his ability to read over 80 pages per minute and for reading a 1,500-page healthcare bill in just 50 minutes. He and actor-comedian Dennis Leary helped to launch the Comedy Central Network, and Howard was the first guest on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. He is the author of books Speed Reading the Easy Way and Super Reading Secrets, which is in its 28th reprint. Nightingale Cunnett, the world's largest producer of audio programs, has sold over $65 million of Howard's programs, making it the top-selling info product of all time. Thank you for joining me today, Howard. Let's be here. I didn't get the $65 million. They did. You know <laughs> what? Yeah. That would have been nicer. <laughs> That would have been great, man. Because I, I and I, when I read it, I like the world's largest producer of audio program has sold over. So, like, who has sold? Who has sold this sixty-five million dollars? Who got this seventy-five million dollars? That's the question, yeah. right? Like, well, I would have my own library. Howard is saying, <laughs> Howard is saying, not Howard. Howard is saying, not me. So, um, so, I, so I, I can definitely, um, I would appreciate sixty-five million dollars, man. That would be great. It'd be nice. I would really like it. You could definitely build a lot of libraries, and yeah. you know, have yeah, a lot it would have been a nice, a nice take home. <laughs> what did you make today? Sixty-five million. Good, good take home. I mean, not on Jeff Bezos' level, but you know, I, I don't need I can, to build a rocket ship, so it would be okay. Yeah, I can handle it. I could, I could handle it. No yeah. problem. Yeah. I, can't get a whole rocket ship, maybe just the cone, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was reading a story about Jeff Bezos going to the moon, not not to the moon, to outer space, you know, and then with his brother, I believe, his brother went yeah. along with him. And I think like a 15-minute ride or something, they went into space and came right back. But, you know, look, I, I think, I'm not sure if Richard Brunson beat him to outer space or not, but I think there was kind of competition going on there between Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson's, I guess, the battle of the billionaires. <laughs> Had nothing else to do with that. So, I mean, imagine if they spent that money on feeding the poor. How many yeah. starving people could have had a meal instead of, a 15 minute rocket ride, but you know, you know that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how we do it. You know, this is how people, people, you know, do it. It's not about, you know, helping people, you know, I think sometimes I think their interpretation of it all is about inspiring people. I don't know if that inspired people or not, but you know, I'm sure all that money that they made in that flight, they probably I'm sure got back in terms of <laughs> that. They they might sure they made more money from that than they actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that happened too. Yeah, yeah. And so, you don't pay any taxes, it helps. So, well, you know what? <laughs> That's how this how this thing works. It's you know the rich gets richer, right? Even the Bible says that the rich will get more, right? You know, and the poor will. Um, lose even what they have. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's kind of that's kind of cold. Yeah, you kind of well, where's the justice in that? <laughs> yeah, and even the Bible says, you know, you're going to lose if you're you're not on that um on that that side of, of of money. But you know, look, I look at like you know, you may have lots of money, but what really true happiness do you have? How much joy do you have? You um, I can tell you. It's a lot more fun when you can go to the Champs-Élysées when you're feeling a little blue mm -hmm. or, or going to the Treve Fountain and getting a gelato. It just kind of picks you up, you know? 
Yeah, you know, those guys, if they do that, they're going to probably get hounded by, you know, people asking for, for a handout or, or asking for an yeah. autograph or something like that. Yeah. You know, you can't go anywhere without somebody. That's um, true. That's you know, true. So Think you of John lose. Lennon. I mean, do you really yeah. want to be that famous? <laughs> You're right, exactly. When in ultimate, someone shoots you. You know, I don't think I don't. Huh. I, I can't. Remember, I think he get, he get shot. Or he get, have lung cancer. I can't remember which one. He I got shot him. like four times. Shot four times. Okay, yeah. because you know. someone else thought they were him. Wow. You know, that's, that's that, sad, you know. That's when fame sort of, you know, it works against you, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you it's want... a downside. Yeah, you want... I think fame is a good thing, but infamy is something totally different, right? You know, so I don't... I, I you know, I think fame, these things are certain, like, uh, are service jobs anyway. You know, you get that kind of money where it's no longer an object any longer, or you get a certain level of fame where it's just infamy now. It's like, you're just... You're everybody's. It's sort of you're a slave in a way to 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 your fame or to your to your money. Just be famous enough that your banker smiles when they see you. That's okay. Yeah, that's that's. I would like that. I would like that. I smile when I look at my account and I see the money, and the, the tailor sees me. And she's like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> let's look at let's look at those zeros again." You know. So, um, so yeah, man, I, I definitely can appreciate those individuals. I would love to meet Richard Branson. Would love to interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeff absolutely. I agree. I, I agree. Because I, you know, I've been using Amazon before they ever went public. I was using Amazon. Um, I don't know if 2000, I think 2001, I think I started using Amazon. Hmm. And I don't know if there was public back then, but I appreciate like, wow, this is great. This is going to be awesome. It was just a bookstore back then, I think. That's where I got my books when I was in college. I went to Amazon to get my to get my books. And I think eBay had something called half.com or something like that back then. But I would go back and forth between eBay and Amazon. Eventually, I started using Amazon more than eBay. And then Amazon Amazon became my sort of go-to. And um, and so I wish I would have bought that stock back then. You know, I don't know yeah. if they were public or not, but I would have, you know, because I learned that if you love something, invest in it. You know, that's a clear cut sign, you know, and uh, I, I use that rule a lot now. You know, if you love it, see if they own any stock. So um, one of the things that I want, I mean, I, I'm uh, just amazed because I am an avid reader, I love reading. I'm not a fast reader, and I'm going to change that with help with your of your uh, program. Um, but you know, one of the things that I suffer from suffer from is dyslexia. And when when we talked before, you said that your program can actually help um, erase or cure dyslexia. It has for many people. Everyone's different. Uh, there's different kinds of dyslexia. I can mm -hmm. tell you how it would happen. Uh, when most people are reading, there's a voice in their head pronouncing one word at a time. So the part of the brain that's reading, they're using your eyes to hear a book. When you're driving in a car, you're reading the road in four directions, front, back, left, and right. It's more like a movie. You're processing things more visually. By training people to do a more visual form of reading, it's more mm -hmm. of a movie, less of the conversation, the part of the brain that has dyslexia, which is the part that's listening, is okay. kind of out of the loop. And that seems to make a big difference. Plus, most dyslexics are super smart. And when they read, it's so slow, it's boring. And mm -hmm. when you're reading more at a visual rate, like a movie, the boredom goes away and the brain gets more engaged. So it seems to help to read more visually. And there's a way to learn it. And I can show you how to get started if you like. Oh, definitely, man. I would, I would definitely love that. Um, so I, um, we'll definitely get into that before we, um, as we move forward in the show. But I definitely want to talk about your background because we talked about, um, you know, in in the intro about you know how you was raised and a little bit about how you was raised and just being in uh, Brooklyn, New York, and. You know, they say you can make it in New York. You can make it anywhere, right? Yeah. She survived. <laughs> yeah, if you can survive in New York. She survived survive. in New York. You made it. You made it. You can make it anywhere. So how I did you survive? It was like West Side Story without the music and dancing. I, yeah. I met, I met Bernardo. He had a knife and he wasn't dancing. 
and literally had a knife to my throat. Uh, I was beaten with bats. We moved when they raped an 88-year-old man. So when I say it was a tough, that's a tough neighborhood. Mm. That's a tough act to follow. Well, I found one safe place, the library. Mm. Apparently, gang kids would rather be dead than caught in the library around a book. <laughs> so I read a lot. I was reading when I was like seven uh, because it was safe. The worst thing in the library, you got a paper cut. It's a lot mm. better than getting hit in the head with a bat, which yeah. happened to me also. Oh, wow. So I spent a lot of time reading. And I had college reading when I was 11. I went to uh, the state university. Of New York. Wow, reading. you were reading at college level by 11? Yes. Wow. But that's what I did. It wasn't, I didn't have much choice. It was read or get beat up, you know, give it, get two, read a book or get hit in the head with a bat. Uh, yeah, with, I think it's a, it's a pretty, no, uh, it's a, was it that hard to decide what I wanted to do? <laughs> wasn't it I didn't want to go out and do something? It was just like, well, you can do it, but you'll be beaten, you'll be beaten and, 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 and shot at and knife. One of, some of the people in my neighborhood, they did drive-bys in 1960. They were innovators. They mm-hmm. were doing drive-bys before anyone. Wow. Their hobby was killing people. They would drive around the neighborhood shooting at random people mm. just for fun. You know, you had nothing to do. You go out and kill someone. And you didn't want to be, I wasn't doing it. Let me put it that way. I was the one that was getting shot at. So yeah, I found and with the bats, library right. really made more sense to me. It was like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah, that's balance right there. I mean, God. Yeah. But I can imagine, you know, and, in, in, you know, we talk about, the news always focus on violence, you know, you know, and people getting shot, but they don't, you know, you look at the past and how violent the past has been. I'm like, you know, even though it's not perfect now, I'm like, compared to what it was, you know, before, Jesus, we just don't have cell, we didn't have cell phones back then to document it all. Oh, God, no. I got beat up by the cops. Apparently, they thought I was the head of a Puerto Rican street gang. I tried explaining uh, I'm not Puerto Rican. I thought that would be the first <laughs> clue, but that didn't go over well. And so they insisted I was, and I knew the names of all the gang members, which I did. So one cop held me and the other one punched and kicked me. I was wow. 14 years old. Who do you call when you're being assaulted by the police? A cop? Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. another guy to hold you. That's yeah. Guy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty scary rough. when you're a kid. And yeah. you're being beaten and punched by cops for something you had nothing to do with. And nobody's yeah. going to help you. What are you supposed to do when the cops are assaulting you? That was yeah. how I grew up. So the library seemed like a real good option because yeah. even the cops didn't go in the library. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I've never seen a cop in a library. No, okay, it's so. a book. What are they going to do in a book? <laughs> well, I didn't know it was a cop. Not in uniform. I haven't seen a cop in, in, exactly. in, in a library. Never. So. So you found, so the library was your safe haven. And for me, I when I was growing up, the library was my safe haven as well. Because to me, I was blown away with the information that was there. I knew that knowledge was power. I knew that, you know, uh, when I, you know, like I said, I love reading. It does require me to read, um, you know, to read it over and over again to ensure that I got it. Um, and I'm, we're going to work on that. But we so, fix so that today. <laughs> we, we're going to fix that today. I love it. And so how did you progress? You know, so your your library is your safe haven and you know that you have a gift. How did you begin using that gift to sort of move your life out of that environment into a better environment? So before I learned to read fast, I was already reading about 3,000 words a minute. Now the norm is 200, so that's 200 words a minute. So it's 15 times faster than normal, but it seemed normal to me because I was doing it. I went to college at 17. I went to the State University of New York, Binghamton, which is the top state college in the, in the state of New York. And I went to major in biology in my second term of my junior year, I got interested in the brain. And I told the dean, I want to major in bio and psych. I want to be a psychobiologist, not a psychotic biologist. That's <laughs> psychobiology is the biology behavior. And he said, Howard, you got one year left. You have no courses in psych. You have to do the whole four-year program in one year and finish bio. You have to take six science courses a term and two four-hour labs. And labs back then were on slide rules. So it took 16 hours to do the math. 
So it's like 40 hours of lab plus 18 credits of science to make it hard. I had three jobs. I was working 18 hours a week. Wow. And, and, he, and he looked at me and he said, you're not smart enough. And that's when I realized they never taught me how to learn. So I started learning how to learn and use the brain. I got, I got the four-year program done in one year. Mm. Uh, I studied for the GRE in biology. I read 48 books in three nights, like cell physiology, genetics, biochemistry. I got three questions wrong. So I was in the 99th percentile, I got an 800. And then it was oh. like, gee, I said, you were the system. There's a difference between you're doing it or it's learnable. That's not the same thing. So I had a bunch of kids, 11 to 15, taught them how to do it. They did a 30-chapter book in Lifelong Developmental Psych, which is a sophomore college course. They were 11 to 15 in a week. And then they took the AP test, the CLEP, and 15 out of 18 passed it in a week. It says, well, now it's more than just that I can do it. I can teach it. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been doing for the last 35 years is teaching people what I learned so they can learn too. And have better lives. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really awesome. So, um, so once you graduated, and you know, from a four-year college in one year. <laughs> that's well, I did four years, but I did the psych program in one year. Okay, you did the psych program in one year. Yeah. So how did so ultimately when you was in college and you have you know you're you're getting through these classes and you're you're you know making it through. Did you know what you wanted to become? Did you know ultimately yes. what you wanted? Okay. But it didn't. I wanted to be a PhD in psychobiology, but I found out for every thousand graduates, there was two jobs. So I'm like, okay, you're spending two, 300 grand on your doctorate and you have one chance in 500 of getting a job. And realistically, they can't be paying very well because there's another 499 people willing to take the job but you'll never <laughs> yeah. pay your loan back you'll so what's making, the two jobs yeah it was insane well there, there was both most of the jobs were in colleges oh okay people professor had to be a psychobiologist oh, wow like, let me ask you this way how many psychobiologists have you met in your life I met none that there I know. You go. Of. And I mean too, and I know them. So there you well, there's one what's her name uh, on the big bang Sheldon's wife Oh she yeah, a, Malik, but beyond Blonik or something like but, that. Yeah, but look at her. What's she doing? She's an actress. Even she said, yeah. "I can't make any money in this. I'm gonna go into acting." <laughs> she went she, back. She, yeah, she made a hell of a lot more money on the Big Bang than any psychobiologist ever. Yeah, she she's one of the highest paid actresses on TV. There you go. So that tells you all you need to know. But um, what's nice is I learned how to learn, and I've been teaching people the secrets and. I'll share some of them today on the show to help our audience start learning faster as well. Okay, cool, man. I definitely wanted to talk about how you helped launch Comedy Central and how did that come about? I got a call from Dennis Leary's agent saying they wanted me on his show. He had his first show on Comedy Central and apparently had 14 episodes and I was on seven and, mm. and I was John Stewart's first guest as well. And you don't see too many biologists ask to do comedy, <laughs> so I'll show you why. Uh, a mushroom walks in a bar. The bartender said, get out. We don't serve your kind. The mushroom said, why not? I'm a fun guy. That's why, that's why we don't get to do comedy. <laughs> I got a really bad joke if you want it. Go ahead. Do it. It's a it's podcast. It's a two-parter, though. Okay. Okay. Why, why did the chicken cross the road to, 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 to knock on the moron's door? Okay. <laughs> okay, next joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I guess I'll be a moron, huh? <laughs> I got to use that one. <laughs> Because you're like, well, that's not very funny. <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's cute. I'll put it that way. It's it's it's, it's cuddly. <laughs> you know. So when you was creating the Comedy Central, when you was at kind of you know creating Comedy Central, helping you know Dennis Leary and others. Like, create I didn't create it, but I was invited on his show, and he was 
the big drawer at the time. He had like uh-huh. uh, like a big show. And it was okay. fun. I, they did it in a Jackie Gleason studio where they filmed The Honeymooners. Okay, to the moon. <laughs> yeah, and they had all the the montages from the show on the walls when you walked in. It was really mm-hmm. quite an experience to be. It was like, you know, a really special place to be. Yeah. And they filmed The Honeymooners. So I enjoyed that. That was really fun. I, had a, yeah. had a, I met a lot of interesting people. Uh, Belzer, Richard Belzer, was, he's now on Law and Order. But he's a comedian by trade, uh-huh. and he okay. was on the show. We got to be friends with him and Dennis and a few other fairly famous. I was with Jackie Collins, the, the author. Mm-hmm. They had me read her book, Lady Boss, in five minutes. It was 700 pages and then doing wow. analysis. So it was, it, was, it was a fun show. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was one of the top-rated shows. Well, I think it was the top-rated show on Comedy Central um until trevor um nor came on so yeah yeah he was good too i enjoyed john stewart a lot he was fun he was interesting he's a brilliant man he's a lot of fun mm-hmm. it was it's just nice it made you feel like you're doing something interesting you know what did you do today i was hang, hung out with john stewart you know? <laughs> could, be, could be worse you know? yeah yeah, I, Better I could than getting hit in the head with that. a bat, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, being shot at by a yeah. drive-by. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I can definitely. So, how do you um, make learning fun? Because um, to me, I always can can learn faster and retain more when learning is fun. When we do it, and I can show you, I make learning fun. I'll, let's give you something to learn. So let's get into it then. Let's let's just do that because you, you mentioned it several times. I wanna I wanna yeah. I wanna know. I wanna know how do I, I learn yeah. and you'll see how much fun you have. See okay, how much cool. fun you have. Okay. So I'm gonna show you to read 20 to 40 percent faster in 90 seconds. Wow. So when we're done, pick a book you've read, preferably nonfiction, so that the only thing that could confuse you is how fast you're reading, not what you're reading. Okay. So read for a minute. With a timer, you have a smartphone or a smartwatch, read for a minute. When the bu- buzzer goes off, mark off where you finish. Don't do anything special, just read normal. Now the magic. Go to the second chapter, take your hand and go across one line at a time, eye following your hand, and this is the key, as fast as you can comprehend. So as long as you know what you're reading, go quicker and quicker and quicker till you don't. And that's when you know, hey, it got too fast, because you already know what's in the book. The only reason you don't know is you're going too fast. Mm-hmm. Slow down just enough so the comprehension comes back. The five minutes go as fast as you can comprehend with your hand moving your eye. Don't go faster than you can read. Don't go slower. Now go back to the first chapter where you tested yourself. Time yourself for a minute using your hand as fast as you can comprehend, and you'll go 20 to 40% further. Just doing that one change using your hand. That's how you get started. And it's fun. You'll enjoy it. So so what I'm going to do is for the, read the first chapter for, for one minute, whatever I can, how far I can get in Normal. the first chapter. Do nothing special. Just the way you read now. And then flip over to this. After that one minute, I'll flip over to the second chapter and then read for five minutes as fast as I can comprehend. With your hand moving your eye. That's important. Move your hand across mm-hmm. one line. So, at a time. So it moves your eye and you can't stop. You keep going. And do this for five minutes. If you can't understand what you're reading, you're going too fast. Okay. As fast as you can understand, not faster, not slower. And then go back and do it again in the first chapter as fast as you can understand. You'll go 20, 40% faster. Okay. And then do that for, for say, so stay in chapter two for five minutes and do that, right? To practice, to get some practice. practice. And then flip over back to chapter one and then do that first exercise, first one yeah. reading uh, yeah. as fast, you know, just reading reading the book normal as yeah. I would in the first chapter for one minute. And yes. I will notice a 20 to 4% increase in yes. my Yes, so you'll see reading. where the mark is, and you're going to bl- go way past it. And wow. you'll see how much further you went just doing that one change. And it's that easy to start. Wow. And how? why does that work? Because most people, when they're reading, if they see something interesting, they stop and read it over again. Mm-hmm. And that's wasting time. You read it already. Or some people have what's called visual regression. They'll read what's, what's up, what's up with, what's up with DJ. 
they keep <laughs> reading the same words over and over again. Mm -hmm. So keeping the hand moving keeps the eye engaged. It doesn't mm -hmm. waddle. It doesn't jump all over the page looking someplace else. It keeps it mm -hmm. going at a constant rate. Like mm -hmm. a orchestra leader has a baton. He's keeping everybody on the same beat. Everybody mm -hmm. knows how to play the instrument, but that guy's coordinating everyone to be in the right place. Your hand does that. It keeps the eye focused and constantly mm. scanning more text instead of stopping every two seconds. Well, that was interesting. I'll read it again. Well, you read it. It's not changing. Mm. Same thing. You're not going to read anything new. So okay. Keep, right. You're reading the same thing. Not going to read anything new. Keeps it moving. Keeps it okay. Moving. And because and, it's a thing that, that I, it's, to me, it's hard to overcome because I read something I automatically wanted to want to read it again. You know, so I, so I think the exercise is going to help with, uh, I guess, that want or feeling is, feeling is necessary to go back and read the same thing that you've already read before. Keep you focused. Keep you focused. Keep you focused. Okay. Okay. I, I'll, I'll definitely, I'm, I'm going to try that. I'm going to definitely try that and, and get yeah. back to you and let you know how and, that can and, quite sure. And you'll see that spot you marked off, you're going to blow past it. Now that's step one. But that's speed. Speed isn't what people want. What people really want is to learn faster. Right. No one wants to read faster. They want to learn faster. And speed reading, frankly, was a terrible way to learn. I was with Dick Cavett about 25 years ago when MSNBC first launched. And he told me a funny story. He had interviewed Woody Allen, who took Evelyn Woods, which is the big speed reading program at that time. And he said he read War and Peace in five minutes. So that's incredible, Woody. What do you remember? He said, it's about the Russian Revolution. And that's all I remember. And that was speed reading. It's a biology book. It's a math book. You didn't learn any math or biology. It went too fast. And when you slowed down to learn what you didn't know, you lost your speed. It was all or nothing. I fixed it. I'm going to show you how. In fact, the guy who owned Evelyn Woods was Maurice Thompson Jr. And he had me teach his son my method. and said, you went past speed reading and speed learning. And I'll show you how. Remember, I studied the brain, and I didn't want to just do mechanics, which is what all speed reading courses do. I use psychology, too. Mm -hmm. So one of the key elements is called schema. It's what makes the text make sense to your brain. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read a passage with no schema. Watch how confusing it is, even though the words are easy. Then I'll read it a second time with a title, one word that has schema, and instantly it'll make sense. Are you ready? Oh, yes. This is the schemaless text. And these are easy words, but you won't know what I'm saying. This is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake. It may cost you quite a bit of money. It doesn't mean much right now because you have no idea what I'm talking about. Now I'll read it again with a single title word that has schema and watch how everything makes sense. Laundry, laundry, this is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake and may cost you quite a bit of money. Now it makes total sense. So I'm teaching people where the clues are. It's like a decoder ring. You can go two, three, four times faster with better understanding than you did at the slowest speed because you're not just going quicker you know what to look for and you know what to do if it's confusing to make it make sense, which is far more important than reading fast. Mm -hmm. more peop most people think reading is learning. It's not. If it was, everyone reading a book would get an A. It isn't reading. It's do you understand it and can you use it when you need it that matters. Mm -hmm. I did a graduate course in educational psychology which is a five-month course. I did it in seven hours. I read the book four times. The AP test was six hours. I got uh, done in 50 minutes. I got a B plus. Okay. Why didn't you get an A? I didn't need an A. I was teaching and I needed to get four graduate credits to keep my license. I needed a C minus to get the credits. I didn't care about the course. My goal was four graduate credits. You always need to know what your goal is. What is your purpose? So mm -hmm. in order to get four credits, I needed a C minus. So I got a B plus. So I more than exceeded my goal. 
Now, if I wanted to learn it at an A level, I might have studied for another six hours. Mm-hmm. But I didn't care about the course. I cared about the credits. So I was mm-hmm. successful. And I think getting four graduate credits for sixty-five dollars in less than eight hours is a good, good deal. Yeah. Rather than going for five months and having to do all the work that you do for five months, it made a right. lot more sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a a uh, a course I'm taking next week. Um, you know, I'm a coach. Um, and this is a strengthening families, um, a strength, a strengthening families coaching. Um, cause I'm also, you know, I help, uh, people with life coaching. And, um, so I'm, it's a, it's a three day sort of crash course. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, I know, can I, 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 I got to learn all this stuff. And, you know, this probably would have been a longer course if it would have been, in a classroom setting, but this is going to be online, you know, through Zoom and, and you know, one-on-one learning, you know, you and your materials. So, you know, I'm trying to like think about all the things that I'm going to have to sort of do to get through all of that. Because with me, I know I, you know, I may can get through it faster now that I have that technique that you just mentioned. Um, but I'm like, okay, I know that typically I have to read things three times, you know, to get through it. So go ahead. I'll fix that. Let me give you a way to do it quicker and help you with the course. Yes. Okay. But most people take notes. They take notes on what they're learning, which is normal, but it's only one third of the information. So here's what you want to do. If you're taking notes on a laptop, which most people do now, make a three column table in your word processor. In the first column, do what you normally do. Write down what you're learning. But in the second column, you put two two things. One, any insights you might have. Any, how is this related to something you know already or elaborate? And here's something else you can do. What made it interesting? What did they do? Did they tell a story? Was it an inflection? Was it a joke? What did this, this presenter do that got your interest? Made you laugh, made you feel good. Whatever they did, now you're a coach. You can use it when you're teaching. You found something that gets people happy and interested and motivated. So you can use that. You can do that in a book too. If the writer did something, you say, wow, that was amazing. Why? What did they do that made it amazing? Did they tell a story? Did they draw a picture? Whatever they did that made it amazing, you can make your writing amazing doing that too in another subject. So you've learned, one, the data, and two, the meta program. What did they do to make the data interesting to the brain. And then the third column, this is important. How will you use what you just learned? What do you intend to do with that information? And this is when the mastery takes place. When you get home, look at that third column and every day take two to five things that you said you were going to do and do them. And as Mm -hmm. you're doing them and you experience the benefits you're going to remember it because your brain likes what's happening. So let's say I go to a marketing uh, course with Dan Kennedy, who's a friend of mine. And I see how I could double my income using what he just taught me. And I put in the third column, how I'm going to use this double my income. When I get home, I use that marketing strategy. I doubled my income. You're not going to have to have me study that again. I just doubled my income. My brain never wants to forget that. Because look at what it did for me. Look at the benefit it gave me. It's mm. such a strong, powerful, emotional experience. I'll never have to learn it again because it worked. It did exactly what I want. And that's where you start learning, where you start using the valuable information that's in column one to experience the benefits. And mm. as you're experiencing those benefits, that information never goes away. Because your brain doesn't want to forget things that make you happier, more successful, more productive, and more profitable. And that'll help you learn it. Now, one other trick. There's five things you need to learn. Okay. New words, vocabulary. That's about 80% of a subject. The words that are bolded or italic, words you never heard of. Mm -hmm. The names. What did you, who's there and what did they do? Any number date statistical formula. The main ideas, the five main ideas in every section and questions and answers. If you know every word and what it means, every person, what they did, every number and statistic and why it matters, 
If you know the five big ideas in every section and every question and every answer, you pretty much mastered the material. So that mm. should help you a lot more with the course because now you have a goal, you know what you're looking for and you know what you're going to do with it. What I would do is I'd put the word in column one, the definition in column two, the person in column one, what they did in column two, the number in column one, the relevancy in column two, two. the uh, key, a key trigger word and the main idea and the question and answer. And mm -hmm. you'll be golden. You'll have exactly what you need and you'll master the material and, and you have to look at it three times. Once you take those notes, you'll know exactly what to do and you'll be able to learn them much faster. Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. I like that idea. I really do because when I'm taking notes, I, you know, I, I take pretty good notes, but I always um, feel like going back, reviewing those notes, is there something that I missed? And I think doing it that way, I think helps um, sort of your categorizing as you are taking notes. So that way, I think there's a certain flow to it that you're describing as well. Okay, cool. I like and that. Goals and purposes to the notes, and you're utilizing those goals and purposes and experiencing the benefits. And it's that experience that locks it in, actually seeing it working and producing the outcome and the result. Now it's no longer a theoretical idea, an abstract concept, but a concrete thing that you're actually seeing working. And once it starts to work, you don't want to ever forget that because it's giving you an immediate return and a benefit. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm already feeling like I'm ready to learn. I'm just yeah, listening you to like... you're ready to go. Oh, by the way, all this is in berglearning.com. I have a I have all my programs online. And okay. as you can see, my goal is to make the solutions easier than the problem. Mm. If, if it isn't, it's just a new problem. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. stop anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about it. It, it, it. That's interesting. I like that you said that. That you know, when you when say it, say it again. You said I like I, solutions need to be easier than the problems, or they just do problems. And do you see how this is fun? You said well, how yeah. do you make learning? Learning's fun when you make it fun and easy, and mm -hmm. you get value. When people are mm -hmm. experiencing faster learning with better outcomes, they're mm -hmm. enjoying it because most people would rather be doing something else. I'm sure if you had a choice between going to a, uh, the front row of a basketball game or on the 50-yard line of the Super Bowl or spending three days in a training, we'd pick the other thing. But if we can make the training go quicker by making it interesting and fun and giving you the benefits that you went there to gain and you can pass those along to other people and make their lives better, it's a whole different experience than just when is this going to end? You know, I have to sit here for three <laughs> days. Somebody make it stop. And it's not painful anymore because you're mm. you're having fun doing mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. you're learning how to master the information without all the hassle and struggle. And that just makes it a whole lot different experience. And I can't stand this. They don't shut up. They just keep giving me more and more stuff to learn. My brain's going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing. The question that I always, it was a great teacher. It's easy. And then when you have teachers that's, that's not good at, you know, they, they may understand the information very well and be very knowledgeable. But just because you understand information very well doesn't mean that you're able to teach it, you know. So it's college. That's the problem with college. <laughs> yeah. They're that's why I, people, but they don't teach well. A lot of them are terrible at passing along what they know. I remember yeah. the calculus teachers and you're there. It, it, it's obvious. It's mm -hmm. easy. And you're yeah. like, I must be a real moron because <laughs> it isn't obvious to me. Yeah, when I, I, I took, I took uh, statistics in um, in college and the the teacher, the professor, he spent all this time writing all these theorems and all this crap on the board and we had to write it down. And, uh, and it was stuff that wasn't even in the book. We had to write down, he would put on the board cause all these theorems. And I was just not getting, I kept asking a thousand questions. And then the, the lady, the student next to me, she said, if you just stay after class, I'll tell you what he's trying to say. 
And then it and, was easy. And then it was easy. And I passed the class. If it wasn't because the, the student that was right beside me, if she didn't say to stay after class, then I'll tell you what he's trying to tell you. I would have I would have failed. That happened to me. I, in calculus, I had I was running a D. So I got a tutor and she explained it to me. He couldn't explain anything. I got a B plus on the final. Because she made it make sense. Yeah. He just talked. He just threw formulas up, didn't mm -hmm. explain what they did or how you use them or why they mattered or how to connect them to anything in the real world. Mm -hmm. And when he was done, you just walked out more confused than when you walked in. Right. And she explained it clearly. She says, this is what it's for. This is how you use it. This is why you need to know it. Let me show you how to do it. I wasn't me. I knew how to learn. He didn't know how to teach. Right. Once I had the right teacher, it became easy to learn. Exactly. We had the right teacher. It came easier to learn. And to me, it was like... You know, and, and I'm like, this is what he's trying to say. <laughs> I was saying to the student, like, this is what he's just, this is simple, you know. And, uh, but, you know, it just that he had blown it up to this big, yeah, humongous yeah. thing. That's college. That's yeah. college. We had, I remember I had one course, it was economic geography, and it was a three hour class. And he was explaining why large populations need more water than small populations. And that's all he had to say. But that took three hours. Let wow. me explain. Nine million people drink more water than hundred thousand people. Right. Let me show you the statistics that back this up. And then you give you like cities with a hundred thousand people and how many glasses of water they would drink for like fifteen minutes. And then he would show you cities with nine million people and how many glass. Can you see? There's more glasses being drunk <laughs> in the big cities than the small ones. And then we go into the, and what about washing clothes? Did you know 9 million people mm. need more water than 100,000? Let me explain. And he went on for another 20. And now it went on for three hours. It was like, wow. someone kill me. It was <laughs> so stupid. It was so yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, I think you did the game members with the bats and the, and the drive-bys in that class, right? <laughs> it was unbelievable. He spent three hours saying, yeah, if there's more people, you need more water than if there's less people. Yeah. And that was something he had to prove. He had to prove that for three hours. Wow. Yeah, that, that's the failings of education. That's know. education. That was, yeah, exactly. You nice know. thing now is you could read a book in 10 minutes. I read 10 books in three hours. And yeah, that's I understand awesome. what I'm learning. And I have a new skill. So imagine now every day you read a book in an hour. It's normal. You can do it easily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would love skill, that. How to do video how to do Photoshop, how to sell, how to market, how to communicate. At the end of the year, you have 365 new skills that you can use to increase your productivity at work. What would that do to your business? Do that for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Where will you be after 40 years of being able to learn a new skill every day that mm -hmm. changes your level of ability and productivity? That's to me what the real goal is. I want to know how to do things that will help me be better at what I do. I don't think anyone gets up and says, I want to be dumber today than it was yesterday. I want to make less money today than I did yesterday. I want an uglier spouse. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want to have a miserable day. No, people mm -hmm. want to know how to do things. Yeah, they want, they want to do, Showing them how it's done. So they had mm -hmm. an 84-year-old read three books in three hours. The day after I taught her, you're not 84. Trust me, you can do a book in an hour easily, easily. And remember it. And remember wow. it. Wow. And then everything changes. Suddenly, anything you really want to know, you know how to learn it. And mm -hmm. you start doing instead of hoping. Yeah, yeah. Doing instead of hoping. And that's the thing. I, I, I love the idea of execution because I, I definitely believe in um, you know, I'm fine talking about it, but after we talk about it, we need to do it, you know? Thank you. It, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. So I also wanted to uh, talk about a little bit about your, how you give back to, um, to the world, you know, is some I of the efforts. Of, I'm a, yo, I'm a rotary president. Uh, there was a school in Malawi. Mm -hmm. These girls were walking five hours a day with water on their head just like mm. in the movies, and they raped them because wow. they knew where they were going and they were on these isolated paths in the jungle 
And the young men would wait for them in the jungle and rape them. When they got raped, it was their fault. And that co it was the girl's fault they got raped. And then the family would disown. It's horrible. Yeah, it's it is poor horrible. girls walking five hours with a jug of water on her head to help a family, and she gets raped, and she's and she's the problem. So what the Rotary did is they built the school, and they put a well in front of the school. So for five hours they're in school, learning how to read, write, and count. And then when they go out of the school, they pump the water and they go home. Nobody's getting raped, and they're ready now to have a productive life. So I, they they needed help. So I gave them my learning program as a gift because they don't have food. It's the poorest country in the world. They're not going to yeah. buy anything. So I just gave it to them. And I did that. And it's just about two weeks ago in Haiti. It's also a very, very poor country. Yeah. And they're having terrible problems, as you know, in Haiti. It's, it's never been great, but it's really mm -hmm. bad right now. Mm -hmm. So I donated my program to a school run by a rotary in Haiti to help the children. Because they, they needed it. And these they, it's not like they're going to buy the program. They don't even have a home. They live in a tent. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing it now in Guatemala. It's another very poor country. Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, I use the money I make from successful people when they buy my program so I can donate to poor people who have no opportunities to make a better world. I mm -hmm. believe we're going to have a better world when poor people learn enough to get out of poverty. They learn yeah. the skills they need to, to support themselves and their family. I think you look at terrorism. Osama bin Laden didn't blow himself up. He was rich. He paid other people. Other people who had nothing blew themselves up. But not, mm -hmm. not the rich ones. The rich ones were the ones that watched. Yeah, the they, other they go out there and convince people to blow themselves up. Do right? You do it. I got money. I'm going to blow <laughs> myself up. Mm -hmm. I think when you give people a reason to stay alive, most people, no matter where they are, they want they want to feed their families. They want to have a job. They want to have a place to live. They want some decent housing and health. And you and that comes from learning, comes from education. I don't think blowing people up is the answer. The answer is empower people to be successful enough that they won't want to do something stupid because they have a good life. They right. like what they have and they want to keep it. They don't want mm -hmm. to jeopardize it. That's how you get world peace, through learning yeah. and education and empowering. And that's what I'm doing. I'm helping as many people as I can around the world to be successful. And I use the money I make for my programs so I can volunteer more. That's amazing, man. That's that's how that's definitely to me. And you are educating people, empowering people with good information on how to empower themselves is uh, to me, that's that's. That's in it. That's what you, everyone should be doing. I think that's don't amazing. Teach a man to fish. Don't give him a fish. Show him how to fish. Yeah. Teach a person how to learn so they can learn a skill. Most people, even in our country, they try to make more money. They work more jobs. Mm -hmm. They work more hours. That's not how you make more money. That's that's how you get dead. You, you don't have life. All you do is work. You make more money by learning a new skill that pays better. So if you're making $10 an hour, you learn a skill that pays $30 or $40 an hour. Now you don't have to work as many hours. Yeah. That's the yeah. secret. It's not a magic trick. <laughs> learn how to do something that pays better. How do you mm -hmm. do that? You learn how to learn. Yeah. And there's a good chance somebody's doing what you're trying to do. There's a good chance 10 people or 20 people, and they wrote books on what they did to get there. When you read 10 books by 10 people trying to do that you are trying to do and it worked 10 times, it's going to work 11 times when you do it. Mm -hmm. So it's a business plan. You're looking at what successful people are doing that you want to emulate. It's not a rocket science. It's working. You don't try to figure out how to do it. You look at people who figured it out already and did it. Yeah. And that's, to me, the real value of what I do is to give people the skill they need to learn the things that work so they can have a better life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, every word you said is just like the Bible to me. You know, why go through trial and error, you know, making a mistake and learning from it when you can just, you know, learn it from someone who's already Made probably mistake. made those mistakes and learned yeah, from them. Exactly. And you can totally avoid that. I Don't love the it. wheel. It's there. 
figure out how to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that just to be amazing. So I love that you're you're doing that, that you get that, you're teaching that. You, and, and the key thing that you said is you are teaching people how to learn. And very once important. You, very important. And by teaching people uh, how to learn, you're able to say, okay, how do I utilize this to make more money, to increase my well-being, to improve my environment, my com- my community. The world. The world. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Right now, look at all the problems. One of the things I look at and watch the news is, is this problem is there's too many smart people. No mm-hmm. one's thinking there's too many smart people. So mm-hmm. I can't fix everything. I'm realistic. I don't know everything. Imagine I get enough doctors that read 50 extra books that could fix cancer or mm-hmm. environmentalists who can figure out how to get rid of global warming. But if I give them the ability to learn more, they'll have more information to base their decisions on. Mm-hmm. They can innovate faster and make better choices. So I can't fix everything, but the people who can get smart enough and knowledgeable enough that they can do it. And that's really, mm-hmm. I see my, my responsibility is to help them be the best they can be. And everyone's important. You know, you and I are here today for a reason. We don't have to grow food. Someone's out right now planting food. Yes. We don't have to weave our clothing. Someone's out right now making clothes. We don't mm-hmm. have to make electricity. Someone's making electricity. Everybody matters. The mm-hmm. only reason we can do what we do is other people are doing things we need. So we don't have to. And that gives us the freedom to do the things we do. We should be grateful to those people, not mm-hmm. arrogant and think we're better than them. We're not better than them. We're only able to do what we do because of them. Everyone mm-hmm. matters. And you, when someone's parking your car, that matters. Yeah. Uh, someone's serving you food at a restaurant, that matters. Mm-hmm. Those people are doing something that needs to be done that you would have to do on your own if they weren't doing it. Yeah. It all matters. When people see the human race as a family, instead of seeing people who are different as their enemy, but see them instead as the family, and we're only as good as the weakest and sickest person in the family. Yeah. It changes everything. You realize we're connected. And we have a responsibility, if we're lucky enough to be a little more successful, to do something with that to help the other people who are behind us that are trying and struggling. And if everyone would do that, we'd have a lot less violence and a lot more brotherhood. And everything that we really need to have in this world would start to happen if we spent billions and billions of dollars on making a better world instead of building bombs and blowing everything up. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Build the bombs and blow anything up. People would have nothing they want to blow up. They're happy. Exactly. I definitely agree with every word you just said. You know, one question I did want to ask you, um, one last question. And the question that I wanted to ask you that we, we are seeing that our, like the next generation there, and I've been hearing this a lot in the news, is that, you know, the, the, the generation that's coming next, and I'm Generation X, and, you know, then we have Z and the millennials and all these individuals. And um, they're saying they, they're going to be the first generation that's going to get, you know, dumber <laughs> than. So how do you feel about this regression in terms of, 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 of education? How, how does that, how do you interpret that? They're not going to teach script anymore. Cursive writing, they eliminated it. Yeah. Believe, do you believe that? I mean, think of yeah. what they do. It's incredible what they're doing. Well, one of the things going to happen, and it's happening now, in the next five to 10 years, 30% of all jobs will go away. They already have computerized trucks that are being used experimentally. In the next 10 years, there'll be no more truck drivers. Why would you hire someone to drive a truck when it could drive itself and not sleep? Doesn't need mm-hmm. vacation, doesn't need coffee, doesn't go to the bathroom. Doesn't need sick time. It just works. Okay, that's great. But what about the 5 million people driving trucks? What are they supposed to do? You go to the stores, you see more and more kiosks and less and less clerks. Mm-hmm. That's going to increase. Waiters, waitresses, everything's going to be robots. Robots are going to take over all the low-level jobs that people with low education have done for millennia. 
They're even making robot sex dolls. They won't even be able to do that for a living. They'll be robots. Too. That was like the only thing you knew for sure you could talk for. They'll have a machine doing that. So what are those people supposed to do to earn a living when yeah. all these jobs disappear? Are they going yeah. to become neuroscientists with this one job for every 500 people? No, they're going to be starving and they're going to be out of work and not going to have a home. So I'm trying to show them how to learn so that when the changes happen, they've already turn, turned themselves into a different profession. They've, they've learned how to become self-employed. They've learned how to market and build a business and be successful so they can have a future because that's the only future you have today is between your ears. There's no job yeah, the security only future doesn't you have exist. Between your ears. I love that. The only future that you have is between your ears. I mean, that's There's no job security. No one's safe. No one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. if you're smart and you know how to learn, no matter what happens, you'll know what to do because you can learn something fast and do it. And that's yeah. the solution. And that's why I'm doing this. There's a website. I have berglearning.com. Okay. There's free lessons. Um, the programs are there. We guarantee their work. We have people helping them if they need help. And if they can't help, I help. Personally, I want to know someone has a problem so I can fix it. And over the years, I fixed it enough. There's no problems. But if occasionally somebody's got something unusual I never saw before, I want to know about it so I can mm -hmm. make, make sure it never happens again. Yeah, uh, I think the job is to give people what they pay for. People should get what they paid for. I don't think that's mm -hmm. expecting too much. If you're going to yeah. be told you're going to learn faster and understand things, then you should be learning faster and understanding. And if yeah. you're not, then you need someone to tell you what you're doing wrong and fix it. That's, yeah. that's the least you should expect. Not just give me your money and go away, which is what all the other companies do. I don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. I think you have a responsibility to actually do what you promise. Yeah. Yeah. So you just gave me one of the links to to get a hold of you and your also your products. Now have that link in the show description. Are there Thank any you. other ways to get a hold of you? Howwoulditburglearning.com. I do private lessons. I work with companies like as a CLO, one company now, they're doing a lawsuit and they have a million pages. And not mm -hmm. all the pages are relevant for the suit. I'll go through the million pages and find the ones that they actually need to use. Wow, that's amazing. It's how many people could read a million pages and know what to look for? Or another company, um, I'll, I'll go through a bunch of information and then I'll show them how to innovate, like they want to do a project. So they'll give me a bunch of books to read and I'll say, okay, this is what you actually need to know. And go and do it. So they don't have to learn 600 books or 500 books, I'll do it. And they pay me to do the learning. It's like a CLO. And then I help them figure out what to do to make the right decisions. I have a company now, it's a $100 million a year company. They want to be a billion dollar a year company. Well, I'm going to teach them how to do it by using information that'll build the company and they'll make more money and they'll go to a billion dollars. Not that a hundred million is so bad, but it's not as good as a billion dollars. And that's mm -hmm, how you do mm -hmm. it. That you, you get bigger by learning more and expanding your services and your offerings and beating the competition because you're ahead of them. It doesn't come by accident. You actually have to know something. Yeah. And that's that's what I do. So it's Howard at BergLearning.com. Okay, and I help kids too. I tutor kids. I have a student right now. He had to learn 93 names of Greek and Roman gods. He did it in an hour. And he remembers all of them. So wow. I showed him how to learn. And now he says, well, I could never have done that. He says, I could never have learned all those names. He says, well, you showed me works. And I remembered mm -hmm. it in an hour. He says, and I'll never forget those names again. And that's exactly what I do. I teach people whatever it is they're doing. If it's a business person, they learn business. If it's a student, they learn scholastic. If it's a senior, they learn how to stay mentally fit. I'm 72. I keep my brain young because I keep using mm -hmm. it. When you stop using it, it turns to mush. Yeah, you're right. So thank you for joining me. I am going to use those techniques um, next week. And I'm also going to continue with your, your program. Um, and I will also, like I said, those uh, links that Howard provided will be in the show description. And uh, if you want to know more about Howard Berg or about D DJ, 
uh, just uh, email me at dj at djcareercoach.com or visit uh, whatsupwithdj.com to learn more about uh, this episode.